What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the She's Unoffendable podcast, where that she is me, your host, Rebecca Hamilton. I'm a law of attraction expert, an alignment life and business coach, a speaker, a realtor, and a soon-to-be published author. I love to help people bridge the energetic gap between where they are and where they want to be so that they can live the life that you've like dreamed of. To find out more about me or how we can maybe work together, you can check out my website at www.she'sunoffendable.com. You can also find me on Instagram at she's unoffendable. Okay, y'all, let's get started. Today, I am super excited to have Amy Brokehammer, aka Amy B, on with me. She is a realtor, a mom, author, trainer, speaker, and she is out of Cincinnati, Ohio. So welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you on She's Unoffendable. I know, right? I'm, I'm so excited to be. So this whole series is like beco- the becoming sort of unoffendable series. So, um, and my listeners know this has just been like just bringing people on who I consider to be badass in some way. Like I feel like they're unoffendable in some way. And so you definitely fit that criteria. And are like high level in so many ways. So I'm excited to pick your brain and talk to you about all the things. So, so how's it going for you? First of all, how's it going for you and everything that's going on? How is, how's life looking? You know, I think that the, we're in the pandemic, right? It's currently, what is it? August, 2020. And, um, we've weathered, a good few months of, I'm a mom, so school and summer and getting back to school again and Mm -hmm. a lot of hard decisions happening, a lot of impossible decisions happening. And Mm -hmm. um, I just, uh, a couple weeks ago, just decided that my, I'm a big mantra or saying person and I have to remind myself of it many times. And you know, what resonated for me recently after making the decision for school and what that's going to look like is make a decision and make it the right decision, you know, because there's no right decisions right now. There's so much uncertainty, so much what I call opportunity though, too, you know, like we were just talking about, um, people can go anywhere. They can do anything right now. There's, there's no boundaries or limits, Mm -hmm. thankfully. And, um, there's so many decisions to make and, and I'm just that super high D personality that never has a problem making the decision. And now those decisions are so much more important. They, they have more facets, they weigh more and they, you know, so make a decision and make that decision, the right decision. Um, because we can't control everything, but we can control, you know, how we respond to it. Yeah. Um, and, and I might be a bit of a control freak. I'll admit that but um I think the best people who get things done sometimes are control freaks because I'm accused of that from time to time but you know I mean you you got to get things done and we're, we're doers that's okay as long as you're not like over the top with it and you know a helicopter parent and a, you know just yeah constantly because really the worst thing about it is what you do to yourself through it versus mm-hmm. how it I mean hurt you know how it shows up for other people. But I agree with you, make a decision and make it right is something that I firmly believe in. It, that's actually a concept that I learned long time ago from law, in Law of Attraction. Because the idea for me behind it is like, 
you know, hey, you can make any decision will produce something. So there's not a, there there's not a, <clears throat> there's not the fear of oh well if I make a decision you know we're we get paralyzed with that right because what if I make the wrong decision but every decision is going to take you somewhere. We're so much more powerful as a person, as an entity, as a spiritual being, when we are lined up with our decision. And it's funny because my son and I were just having that conversation about how much more powerful you are when you are actually doing the things you think you should do, i.e. the decisions you have made. So yeah, I, I love that concept. I think it's, it's like an integral part of being able to move forward and be successful. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that concept of every everything's a season, right? Mm -hmm. and, and this is only going to last for so long, and I'm only going to have these struggles with decisions for so long because I've never had them before. Right. That that is my mantra for this season. Right. You know, you you pull stuff out that you didn't need before, but you thankfully you know what you you don't know and you know to bring it to light right so yeah well because so okay so I think you're saying make a decision and make it right in a different way so it sounds like what you're saying is there is no right decision so pick the best decision for yourself and make it meaning there is no because we're in a pandemic there is no right decision. so I like that too right yeah. right I mean like and it's it's all off of the school decision do you send your kids to school do you keep them home yeah both of them have problems. Both of them have benefits. Yep. But I, I was like torn. It was like the worst feeling until I made the decision. Once I made a decision, immediately I'm better. Energy lines up. Great. I'm in, I'm in action mode. I'm deciding which rooms they're going to work in, what desks they're going to use. Mm -hmm. They're now involved in the decision about like, what do you, what art do you want to hang on the wall? What chair do you want to use? Like, and so we're just moving forward in that direction and we're not looking back. And I think the not looking back thing and the moving forward and the taking action is what, what fuels that decision instead of being like, I don't know, are they going to be terrible? Are they going to fight it? Are they going to sleep in all day instead? <laughs> like, don't drown in the negative. Be like, get them going in that positive direction. And that's with kids. That's with clients. That's with anybody. You know, anybody. No, I completely agree. And yeah. so I, honestly, I think we are really talking about the same thing. Cause once you make that decision, that energy, that's like that jumping off point for the thing you're creating. So it's like, I'm going to make a decision to create this. And then it's just, which is why I always talk about like the plan A and plan B. It's like, if you have plan B all the time hanging around, you're really slowing down plan A because you keep looking back. And yes. so you're going to trip more because you can't keep walking forward and not trip if you're if you keep looking back so yes. uh, i love the yeah the clarity that decisions bring burn it, the bridge yeah yeah cross it and burn it yep. you're not going back burn it it's a done deal it doesn't mean it never is going to happen again it just means right. oh, this is the decision i'm making and which you know right now i think that the present moment could never be more important than right now because we are all so easy. Um, and I hear people and I see people talking about the future, fear of the future and lamenting the fact that we're not in 2019 when we could do X, Y, and Z, or we yep. did this or whatever. So 
Um, so yeah, the present moment is like a crazy good tool to stay in a good place. What have yeah. you been using? Like, give me some of your, give me some of the Amy B tools that you've been using to sort of um, mitigate or even, or even expand and evolve and like do all the good things during this time. Um, so one of my gold standards or, or benchmarks um, that I write about in my book um, is. Oh, plug your book. What is your book name? I've, I've, um, I have your book. It's here somewhere. Playbook for Success. Playbook for Success. Yeah. It's and I have like these quotes throughout and, and one of the favorite ones that I have and, and that I hear other people say all the time that they appreciate is this quote that says, interrupt anxiety with gratitude. Yeah. So that's one of my keys is when I'm feeling anxious over anything. And maybe I don't even know why I'm feeling that way. I just get into gratitude. I'll send a text message. I'll send a card. I'll, you know, drop off a gift or something to get into gratitude to show others my appreciation of them. Mm -hmm. And it makes them feel better. It makes me feel better. And it's truly like a distraction. And psychologically, you can't feel anxiety and gratitude at the same time. It's not possible. Nope. So that's like one of the keys yeah. that I found and, um, and I use. And that's helped me through some of the, the sad days. And, you know, another one that's that's been hard is you know like we all we all have bad days mm -hmm. whether we put on a good face about it or not and it happens and you know i think it's just knowing that it's going to happen not denying that you're going to have a bad day but saying when i have a bad day it's only going to last for that day and i'm going to make a plan this is what i had to do like you know had to make a plan okay, I recognize that I'm having a bad day and I want it to stop. And either I say, I'm going to do a pattern interrupt of some kind. Maybe I get into gratitude. Maybe I go take a walk. Maybe I, you know, whatever, like I used to go to Target, but you can't really like do that right now. No. Um, and, and make the decision again, it's make the decision that you're changing your day, whether it's, I'm going to change it after lunch we're going to be better after lunch or tomorrow morning. I'm, this is going to be different tomorrow yeah. and whatever it is, like, you know, it was struggling with the kids doing schoolwork or whatever that might be. And I would, I would make a plan with myself that evening. Like, these are the things that I'm going to do so that tomorrow is better. Maybe I'm waking up extra early. Maybe I'm going to go on a walk before we start school. Maybe I'm going to prepare them a little bit better or, or whatever, like, whatever that is, have a plan for how you're going to make the next day better. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a person who likes to push against when something funky, it's always come, come because of my focus. Um, I don't think that they just happen. I don't think, I'm not sure bad days just happen to us, but I do think, unless your hormones are off, which I can attest to that. <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. But, um, but yeah, if it's not your hormones, then I think, you know, the bad days happen because gradually we've allowed ourselves to focus long enough to create some momentum around a thought. And we haven't been in every moment because it's almost impossible, right? 
to say, you know, do I want more of this? Do I want more of this? It's like a question I ask myself all the time. It's like, do I want more of this? Do I want more of this? And, and so, yeah, but once you're there, once something happens that you, okay, it comes out of nowhere. Like, like you said, you're getting, well, never comes out of nowhere, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something that you could see coming. It's not like you've been focusing. It's just, you know, all of a sudden this thing pops up and, and then it's like, yeah, if the day, if I'm having a bad day, girl, I don't even try until the next morning. I'm like, soothe, soothe, soothe. That's all I do. I, whatever that is, if that's watching TV, if that's taking a nap, if that's whatever it is, all I'm just going to like be soothing myself. And then, and then before I go to sleep, do the things, you know, think about things that make you feel yourself up for success at bedtime. So that when you wake up, you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but Rebecca, I got a lot of flack about that advice. What advice? Talk about. Wait till the next day and have a better day tomorrow. And people were like, why wouldn't you have a better day in the next hour or in the next whatever, like after lunch or whatever. And so, you know, like like what's their reasoning? Is it just a go, go, go attitude or is it a... Because you can put on a brave face. You can right. like you feel better. But it's not, I just didn't feel like I could authentically change myself that quickly. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed a reset of the night's sleep and then tomorrow have a better day. I feel like if I would have forced myself to fix that, like say at lunchtime or in the afternoon, it wouldn't have been truly a fix. Yeah. And I think it depends on what it is too. Like, You know, I always say as we're doing this like energetic work to bring ourselves up, the whole idea is that our highs are higher, but also our lows are higher. So, you know, it's sort of like when you get on an exercise bike, we're just talking about exercise. Say you get on an exercise bike and you kill it for 30 minutes and you get off and you're going to have a recovery time that's going to tell you how healthy you are. It's the same thing, I think, with, with, energy it's like you know depending on how big the hit is that's what's going to determine how long it takes you to come back and your recovery time does go down but that doesn't even mean that even because you feel a little bit better by dinner that you should be like oh well it doesn't mean that you're just gonna feel bad you could be reaching for feeling better while you're still not willing to go engage you know what i mean yeah me that's I think that's one of the problems like in general in our industry, well, like in real estate, in even in coaching, like I, I've heard some people talk about things like that, even in coaching, but just in general, in our world, it's like everybody wants you to be okay so that they, I must feel like sometimes, so it's like, they don't remember that they're not okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, don't be yeah. And just being realistic with what it takes you to bounce back because everybody's going to have a low point or a bad day. Yeah. Everybody's going to recover from that differently. Right. And what I do may not work for some people and it may help others. So it is what it is. And, you know, you gotta just think that's the toxic part of it though, is that like that to me is like that toxic positivity or the toxic law of attraction, even where it's like, just feel better right away. Don't let your feelings process. Don't, you know, like I put up a meme and it's funny. I got a bunch of crap about it because 
I have a meme that says you get five minutes to be emotional and then you got to be a gangster. And people are like, you got to let people process their emotions. <laughs> you were really upset with me. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm saying you have to start reaching at some point though. Like, so, so in your mind, when, when do you start reaching for that um, better feeling place? I mean, for me, because I'm such a problem solver and action taker, mm-hmm. it's compulsive almost. The minute I recognize the problem, I start to make a plan for how to get out of it. Now, mind you, I'm not expecting it to happen immediately. Right. I'm giving myself the time with the situation. Yeah, yeah. And then making a plan to get out of it. Um. I think that's smart. I mean, that's what we should be doing. It's when we start judging the process of, I don't feel good enough yet, or I haven't gotten there yet or whatever that we start to kind of like, you kind of get stuck in that. You get, you know, so yeah. So tell me how, cause you are, you know, an achiever. I think we've had this conversation. You're a okay. I nailed this down in real estate. Now I want to move to this. Okay. I did this with my course, now I want to move to this. Oh yeah, I did this with a book, now I want to move to this. So so talk to me about that. Like, you know, just first of all, like give me your story because I haven't really told the listeners about you, who you are, what you do. Give them a breakdown real quick. We gave them the... Okay, so really quickly, and and this is good because I need a a quicker elevator speech anyway, but you know, I I am a product of public education I repeated the second grade because I wasn't um, reading at, and doing math at the level that I needed, but I was very good at socializing. Um, you know, graduated from high school with a 2.7 GPA, barely got into college. I had to beg my way in and take some classes in the summer. Got into college and wouldn't you know it, that was my place. That was my thing. That was my vibe. And um, I graduated with like a 3.8 GPA in college because I found my thing. It was communications and psychology. That was, I got two degrees um, and I got it done all in four years. I went to summer school, all of that. Wasn't sure I'd graduate because I kept getting, uh, failing algebra. Still cannot do math to save my life. Um, I started uh, working at a um, software company and that lasted as short as possible, seven months. (laughs) And then I started selling copiers and fax machines, which definitely dates me. And then from there, I started selling pharmaceuticals and uh, hit my head in the glass wall so many times I was just done and started selling real estate in 2005 when the going was good. And then, you know, we hit the market crash and uh, survived it and um, continued on. I, uh, my husband and I got married. We had a a lot of uh, financial stuff to work through. Once we call what we call merged, mm-hmm. we different things that were problems. And I'm very uh, grateful for the person that helped us budget, learn how to do that. And I like I can't recommend the book and concept of Profit First more if you're yeah. an entrepreneur and you have more than one person that's responsible for spending and making money. Um, so you're on the same page. Um, and from there, um, I 
resisted being in real estate for a really long time because I saw the way that my mom managed her money and her time as a real estate agent. And I was the child of that. And I said, I do not want to do that. That is not what I want to do. Um, and I write about that in my book a little bit. And then I figured out how I could make it to where I was okay with it. And I could feel like I could have a family and be present with them and be at the soccer games and help with homework. And, you know, I got, I got my business to a point where um, before I had kids, I was referral only. And I was only working, you know, Monday through Friday, like eight to five, that kind of thing. Um, so that I could feel like I could bring kids into the world and, and give them the kind of life that I wanted them to have. Right. Um, and now um, I am still selling real estate. We have a great, a great business. We do about 12 million a year. Um, and that's between 40 and 50 homes a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm responsible for all the lead generation on that, on that team. And I do all the listings, um, which is not that many. It's like 15 a year, but I'm making six figures on those 15. Right. And it takes me less than probably 10 hours a week to do that business. So I have time to do other things, which I wrote a book, I <laughs> do public speaking, I do courses, that kind of thing. And it's allowed me to kind of branch out and help others through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a um, product of ADD, finding out later in life, uh, once I had kids, the world just completely fell apart for me. And I realized how to be more efficient and, and function with it and, and, and be good at still being a successful entrepreneur despite all the overwhelm um, and stay focused. And that's kind of what I think my, my superpower is, if you will, is just helping people stay focused on what's the most important thing to them and, and just zeroing in and, and making it happen, taking action, implementing, um, all of that. I mean, that was, what do you, so, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. That was a lot. That was good. Um, so when you started looking for like, uh, your standards, how did you come up with them to help people, you know, who want to know how, if somebody's running a business, I, I see a lot of people who are on the edge of burnout or are, even spinning their wheels, like they're doing too much and not getting results. So how did you create those standards? Mistakes lead to creating rules known as standards. So a mistake repeated is a decision. Mm -hmm. So my big thing is when I make a mistake and my buyer's agent is the same way. She's been with me for five or six years now. Mm -hmm. And we say to ourselves, okay, this was a mistake. This was a problem. How do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? What do we put in place to fix it in the future? What do we need to do so that we don't have this pain again, right? Mm-hmm. And I, my standards, I believe, deeply rooted, come from me watching the way that my mom managed her business, the way that she would mm-hmm. pick up the phone all the time, the way that she would run around left and right without it seemed like without a plan um the way that the the money was paycheck to paycheck because the closings had to happen you know and and that was just anxiety 
for me. Right. Yeah. I didn't want yeah. That. That's so stressful. Um, and, and so I said, okay, I've seen that way and that's not going to be my way. How can I fix that so that that's not me and still be an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And so that's what caused me to have some pretty strict standards from the beginning is just to solve problems, right? To, to solve problems um, or to not repeat mistakes. So right. like um, I, I write in my book about this guy um, early on in my career, it was, it was November and I didn't have anything coming you know Christmas is coming up and this was before I had kids thankfully but it was just November and this guy wanted to buy a house and it was a $400,000 house and that was going to be a lot of money for me to get me through the winter at the time Mm -hmm. and I think I was engaged at this point I don't know if I was married but I can't remember and um he was a slime ball I wasn't financially secure. Okay. That's the key. I wasn't financially secure. So I felt like I had to work with this guy. I didn't feel endangered or or anything, Mm -hmm. but this jerk would make me pick him up and meet him at bars to show houses so that the people at the bar could see that there was somebody that he deemed attractive, picking him up and being seen with me. Right. And then I would go show him houses and whatever. He eventually bought a house. Right. And I got paid and I said, I will never put myself in a situation like that again. I'm going to figure out how to get my reserves up so that I can tell somebody like that to F off. That's right. Right. You can say here. And confidence comes from having the reserves in the bank to know that you can say yes and no to people. You okay. do not have to take every deal. You, you, and, and sometimes what's very painful is watching people have to make the mistake in order to know that they don't want to make the mistake again. Yeah. I mean, when you have your shit together, you're a different person. You can, you can, you just show up differently too. Like, you don't have to work out of fear because that's basically what you're working out of. You're working out of fear for if I don't, then this is going to happen. And so, yeah, I mean, having your having your your ducks in a row is one of the most important things. I agree to standard. The financial security for me, at least, is the key. Mm-hmm. Like just knowing that I can say no to somebody and I don't have to deal with people that don't fit me. I'm not a fit for everyone and everyone is not a fit for me. Right. Yeah. So that was your, so that's your, that's kind of was what inspired you to come up with your standards and create. So what do those look like? Cause everybody says this, you hear a lot of people talking about standards, standards, standards. Yeah. And so what does that look like? So, so is it, are you the agent who's like, I'm not going to, you said you don't work weekends. So, and I think this is a really relevant point because I, I see a lot of newer agents trying to implement standards in a way that actually doesn't, is not going to help grow your business. Like how? 
Well, for instance, um, they'll have buyers and decide that they don't want, they want family days every Sunday. Well, to me, it's especially in our market, I don't know about y'all's market, I think it's somewhat unreasonable as a buyer's agent in a hot market to think that there's, yes, you can have times that you don't work, of course, you can have times when you don't answer the phone, but to realistically be like, I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to have somebody cover it. You really can't be mad when those people walk away, when right. they walk into an open house and buy, and that's what I, I see posts like that a lot where people are like, this is my family day. I get to have a life too. Well, yeah, right. but you're an entrepreneur. Like, right. So great point. You're an entrepreneur and you have to make the money, but here's the thing that I think people are missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you have to think outside of the box. Yep. You're not in a box. When you're an independent contractor, you can do whatever you want. So if you know what, if you want a family day, that's fine. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It can be Wednesday. It can be all day Wednesday. Cause guess what? Nobody else is off on Wednesday. True. So you can be the only one at the zoo. You can be the only family at the restaurant for lunch. You don't need to make your family day be on Sunday. Why does it have to fit in that box? If that's when you make your money, that's when you make the point money. is people think like the really pervasive thought pattern, especially as it's sort of like every, every kind of thought or like movement that comes out, right? So standards comes out or the whole, I don't care thing came out. And it was like thought pe people, people who are not working out of the right mindset think that means, well, I'll just say whatever I want, whenever I want. And I'll tell people to fuck off and that it's not going to matter that's not like the point of the I don't care movement and nor is it with standards. Yes, you can have a different day. But what do you say to the people who say, you know what, well, my husband's off on Sundays and I think I should be able to have a day off too. You know, I work all week and Sunday is the day that I want to be off. Well, then figure out, get a showing assistant on Sundays if somebody needs to see a house right. or refer the business. Right, um, but you can't be mad because you don't have the business if you're not going right. to create the leverage for you right. to be off on Sunday. Like you don't, can't just say that in this business, that our business is time is of the essence. Like that's right. the whole underpinning of our business. So you can't just say, you know, so yeah, that always interests me. The people that I see say that, I think like, what are you thinking? Yeah, but there's always a way always to reconfigure something to make it work for you. So, so yep. at, at the end of the day, you have to boil it down to what's important to you here. Yes. What is the thing that's important mm -hmm. and then figure out a way to make it work. Right. Right. Agreed. Not something that just gets lost, but anyway. and what's yeah. important to one person may be totally not important to somebody else. So don't project your assumptions onto someone else because right. they may not find that a priority or important to them or whatever. Right. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that I want to go back to really quickly is standards are rules, right? A lot of people use the term expectations and they synonymously with standards expectations are visions or ideas of what you want to happen. Right. Right? So I want this person to have an amazing experience buying a house so that they refer me. Mm -hmm. 
And in order to do that, you have to sit people down in the beginning and explain to them what they can expect. What are the standards? Mm -hmm. What's going to work? So when we sit down with our clients, whether they're buyers or sellers, let's say they're buyers and this exact situation comes up and we say, you know what? Sunday mornings were unavailable. That's our time with our family. Um, we absolutely are blocked off on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings for showings. We do Saturday afternoons. And you know what? Right now, if you already know that you want to do Saturday afternoon, let's put that in the calendar. Right. That's how we work. You know, and you set them up for success and you tell them the rules before the game starts. Agreed. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. And now there's a lot of people that are afraid to set those rules because they're worried that they're going to lose somebody. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of our standards in our business is you must get pre-approved with yes. our trusted lender. Yes. Do you know how many agents don't require that? Yes, I do. Only because, because they're I'm afraid mentor. they're going to lose yeah. them. I met right? a lot of agents here and I have said that to them so many times and some of them will still go take people out without a pre-approval and then write an offer. I had an agent recently even write an offer without a pre-approval, yep. send it over to me. I'm like, can you get the pre-approval? Did you get it? Why? You know, we talk and she comes back and says, oh, she's not going to qualify. And so it's like, you're wasting so much time being overly eager instead of setting parameters for how you yep. work your business. Yes. Um, I and still personally, th I think you have to have somebody as a backup um, in this market, in a buyer's market, you don't um, as much, but in, the, in our market, I can't imagine not showing houses and not having, luckily I have a lot of backups, but not having a backup to open a door or show a house. Right. I can't imagine it. Right. right. And so like our rules are, we will jump like a firecracker for you. If you have done the counseling session with us, if you have gotten pre-approved with our trusted lender, and if you have hired us by signing a buyer's agency agreement, right, we will hop up and get <laughs> you in the door, right? Yep. You haven't done those things. <laughs> We're not taking our resources and time away from other people who have. Right. And telling people that it is a game changer. Well, that's a standard and that is what needs to happen in, in every relationship or not, you know, in every, uh, every entrepreneur, if you have a client setting those expectations, that's why we send, you know, I send contracts as a coach. This is what you can expect from me. And that way everybody's clear because otherwise, yeah, I completely agree. If they have all their ducks in a row, I'm definitely going to show it. If it's somebody who's yeah. following me, from uh, some random, maybe they see my list or they see something and they have nothing in order, then yeah, these are the days that I do things. So yeah, of course, because yeah. you'll burn out really quick if you run after, you know, every yeah. single thing that you see. And honestly, Rebecca, clients that know that you have standards respect you more. Mm -hmm. They want to follow the rules and they appreciate it so much more because you know, they know that if, if I can't show them something because I'm out with another client, they know that I'm not wasting my time with that other client, that they're pre-approved too, and that they're in the same situation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and having backup just makes sense on so many levels. Um, 
whether you can't be two places at one time or whether you're just using that time to regenerate yourself because that's what you've already brought up is overwhelming people working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you don't, so every Friday from uh, every Friday I do a lunch with somebody that I want to have lunch with, whether it's an A or an agent or a friend or my kid or my husband Fridays, I have blocked off for lunch after that um, until four o'clock from like one to four. That's my time. Yeah. If I'm getting my nails done. If I decide to start happy hour at two o'clock, if <laughs> I want to go shopping, like whatever it is, if I want to go hit golf balls, like whatever it is, that's my time. That's regeneration time. If you're not doing that for yourself, you're not giving yourself the ability to get some air because I believe that as real estate agents, we are problem solvers. That's our number one job is to be a problem solver. You can't solve problems when you're exhausted, when you have no regeneration yeah. time, when you're not giving yourself time to clear your brain so that new ideas can come in. No, I agree. I mean, you need that time. That's how can inspiration ever find you if you're constantly looking and thinking and going and da 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 like I'm such ding, a ding, proponent of oh, yeah. Like, yeah it's like I I still can't believe that we see the posts and this is for entrepreneurs too because as a real estate agent you are an entrepreneur and a lot I know that I have entrepreneurs that listen to this too and not yep. real estate agents because like even on your phone I'm amazed at some of the different boards that I listen to where people are like so like they'll post something and they're mad because somebody sent them a text at five in the morning. And my th thing is like, why do you have your text notifications on? I remember when Blackberries came out, that's when I got a phone, right? And I don't know if you remember this, but the notifications at some point, they started calling Blackberries Crackberries because that it, you would start to hear the notification even when it wasn't going off. So when that happened and I heard that, I was like, okay, turning the notifications off. So yeah. I haven't had my notifications on in like 15 years. I got it on in so long. Phantom vibration syndrome where you would yes. think. Yes. Like, why are we waiting for somebody else to do something different for us to feel better? Like as an entrepreneur, you know, your stuff's going to be going nonstop. I don't have time to sit and judge the chick who's doing her work at five in the morning. Why not just turn your stuff off? People will argue for those limitations and for that inconvenience. They will, they will argue for it. So it's like, you know, that's another piece of getting your, giving yourself a little bit of time so that you're not constantly looking at your phone. I mean, you would go nuts. I'm sure you have a thousand notifications that come in all day, every day. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know what my phone ringer sounds like. The only time I turn on my phone ringer, my, my son used to have asthma when he was little and it would be to, to hear the doctor call me back. That's it. That's the only time I would wait. I would turn that sound on. Hysterical. So you don't, you don't have your ringer on at all. You don't, you have your whole phone muted. The whole thing is silent. In fact, when I lose it or can't find it, it's a problem because we can't make it make noise. It's, so it's got an RFID tracker on it. So we know it's in the house somewhere. Oh, right. That's yeah. it. No, that's good. I can't, I can't go all the way. Cause like my husband calls or somebody calls. Yeah. I don't know. Like I can't. So there but... are ways that you can put special yeah. uh, 
allowances on people to where it will ring if um, only certain people. Right, right. So, so yeah, what do you, you do have to. So you just, if you see the phone, if you're working, then you have it where you can see it. Like, I'm sure every time a, t a client calls, they don't not get you. I mean, sometimes you answer no. Right. Well, usually I set it up to where they know I'm calling or I'm expecting to hear from them. But when I have my phone, it's down. Yeah. I'm not looking at it. Or it's, it's maybe even in my purse across the room because this is the time that I need to get X, Y, and Z done. And I don't need to be distracted by a phone yeah. or else I, it's going to take me twice as long. Um, but that. you're good. Like that's, that's I said phone meetings all the time. Like nothing frustrates me more than phone tag. Oh, so yeah. I'll say, can I call you at one o'clock today? I'll always set a time to talk to somebody or, or if they say, Oh, I'll just call you this afternoon. I'll say, well, you can do that, but I never leave my phone on. So I'm not going to be paying attention. If you call, why don't we set a time? That's actually smart. I don't do that, but I should. Like that's, that's actually smart to have an actual time. I'm going to have to consider that, Amy. Good idea. Well, I mean, I have a call at one o'clock today. We're going to talk about the listing over the weekend. And they're like, well, just call us anytime. No, I'm not going to play phone tag. Right. <laughs> I want to know we're going to be an productive. important call that you want to have. Let's talk at one. Right? Yeah. No, that's actually smart. So phone and I'm off the phone and, and we're able to have the conversation. And if it's not important enough, they won't set a time or they're not motivated enough to right. have the conversation. Right. And so you measures standards and people complying with them measure motivation mm -hmm. and seriousness. Right. Yeah. No, completely. Go ahead. Were you about to say something? No, no, no. Oh, okay. So you're in, what market are you in? Again, tell everybody just in case. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. You're in Cincinnati. Yeah. Midwest. I, I know. I miss Ohio. I feel like I want to go there. I haven't been anywhere this year as most of us probably haven't. And I'm definitely Jones. And you know what I really want to do? <laughs> I just want to like take off in my car, like get in my SUV. I've recently found out my dog Ziggy. He loves car rides. I never knew oh. before. I never knew how much he loves them. Like to the point where I have this like thing for the back seat where it's hooked onto the, to the, yeah, it looks like a taco kind of. Yeah. And um, he gets in there and he literally will get in. And as soon as he gets in there, he goes head down. And then he's like, he puts his feet up and he's just like laying on his back in the back seat. And I mean, he just loves it. I'm just like, I have this weird urge that has nothing, not, not business related, just to like go and just find a place to stay when I get where I need to go yeah. and then go and then find a place to stay. I'm a little freaked out about hotels though, or Airbnbs. You think they're all good? What's, what's your, what's your take on this? I'm so ready to go somewhere that I think I would be willing to accept whatever risk me too. <laughs> I so feel like that right now. I'm just like, bro, I just want to go. I just want to yeah. like, just take off and just, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely thinking about 
thinking about a road trip. I mean, so I what, think RV sales are like through the roof right now. There's a lack of them because people are just like, I'm just going to get in my car and go somewhere. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm just going to go. My parents have a really nice RV they just bought and um, they haven't even taken it out hardly. But the thing about RVs is that they're not just so simple. Like you have to have right. a certain place. It's hot out right now. So if you're not where there's electricity, you're just going to be sitting in a hot yeah. ass place. Listen, um, I am not a camper. You would never yeah. call me. A, I camp at hotels. Me too. <laughs> me so too. that's my thing. I, 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 so I'm literally thinking about um, booking a room at this new hotel downtown Cincinnati. It's an autograph collection hotel. It's got like a rooftop restaurant and bar. Just like for a night just to like do something go have dinner like pretend everything is normal <laughs> and then go back yeah, that's to that's what i want to do i haven't been out to eat in a restaurant since all this happened like i i've gone to chick-fil-a you guys have chick-fil-a up there okay we you did have canes, to, raising you canes what is it you have raising canes that is better than chick-fil-a really i mean it's doesn't have as long of a line oh that is they have four things on the menu. That's it. Really? So they it's must good. be pretty awesome. It's it's good. Yeah. I don't like limes, even at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Well, Chick-fil-A is like the only place that I really go here. Um, but they've done really well here. They actually set up th two or three, depending on where you go, Yeah. lines with people they taking. They know what they're doing. And then, yeah. So they've definitely mastered the art of getting as much yeah, done as possible uh humanly possible so um well yeah i gotta get out i gotta get out it's 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 coming how's the market there though tell people what the market is like there right now yeah it's we've got less than one month of inventory which means we're in an extreme seller's market it's so are we. crazy um yeah what do you think is going to happen in the fall? Do you think it's going to come back down or what, what's your. Okay. So I, I always like to say, I always like to preface my comments by I'm not a negative person. Right. Right. I'm a realist. Yeah. And I've been through the economic depression mm -hmm. and, and market shift before. What I say is that all these all these financial strains are gonna to start to add up on people. You know, um, lack of hours at work, cut back your salary, cut back your hours, cutting into your nest egg or your savings account, um, having less and less money to pay the bills. It's all gonna to start to compile and start to stress yeah. the economy. It's going to start to stress the economy. And when people can't pay their mortgage because of it, that's going to be a big problem. Um, and I also see, and we've already talked about this in Cincinnati, people are overpaying for their houses just to have a place to live, which I totally get. Yeah. So you just got to be careful. And, and I always say, you know, like I survived the last crash and financial security is my number one thing. Yeah. Nobody was ever mad at themselves for saving too much money. Nobody ever. Yeah. Out about that. 
No, so it's completely true. Quit and you'll be glad. And if you save too much money, then you go on a great vacation when, when yeah. you clear the forest. And you can't create too many extra streams of income. Like we should, you know, I'm working on, I don't remember how many I have right now, three or four, but you know, I'm always thinking about how can I, you know, cause I survived that crash too. And, um, you know, was able to stay in and not yeah. you know, have to, cause you know, in Florida, we had, we had a ton of agents. So a ton of agents. Exited yeah. Business. I mean, it was, and like it was insanity. second home city and yeah, it was insanity here. And, yeah. you know, but back then I didn't have even, I even think of that, like that second stream of income or third or fourth or fifth is so important because even when I think about hurricanes, when we have hurricanes here, you can't close a house. So I remember in, I think it was 20, it was right before I came to EXP. It might've been 2017 or 16. I had four closings in the two week span that that hurricane came and I could, those didn't close for another month. So was I like destitute and oh my gosh, I couldn't No, but it was still enough to where I had plans of what I was going to do and I couldn't do it. And so it was just like, okay, I need to create. So when the idea of creating these other streams of income, yeah. bring me to the, to the point about what else you do, because you have a listing, you know, you have a coaching program or a online yeah. course, yeah. you have some stuff, talk to the people about what you do. What do you bring to the table? So all the things going back a little bit to this idea of multiple streams, my friend, and you may know her, Melissa McNeil yes. has yes. a great analogy for this. And she's like, your table has to have more than one leg. Right. It has to have more than two legs. If it has three legs, it's stable, right? Mm -hmm. If one of those legs gets ripped out, you're wobbling. Yeah. So that's the streams of income and that's diversifying. And, and so Rebecca, I love extra streams of income. Yeah. But I don't when it becomes distracting to somebody, right? And so I think extra streams of income can be distracting from the one thing that brings you the most money. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, I see a lot of people um, selling real estate, right? Yep. That's an insane opportunity because you can, you don't have to be a doctor or an attorney with that kind of education and those kind of education debts to go in and make that kind of money. Right. Selling real estate. Right. So I can tell you that my hourly fee for selling real estate is around a thousand dollars an hour that I make when I work in real estate. Right. Yep. If I divide out all the hours, for example, I love this company to death called send out cards. Yeah. A wonderful way to appreciate people, to share gratitude and all of that. I am an affiliate of send out cards, right? Mm -hmm. So I help other people learn how to send out cards mm -hmm. and I get a little bit of money on that. But that hour that I spend doing that maybe makes me $5 or maybe $20 yeah. or maybe a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. But it's never going to make me a thousand dollars. So what I don't want to do is take time away from my real estate to sell something that doesn't make me the money, right? Agreed. 
So it's almost like all of my side things, which are like your side things, they all play into the main thing, right? Yeah. I don't, I never saw a lot of value. I know you could go crazy with send out cards. It's never been my gig. I use it. I am actually not an affiliate, but yeah, for me, streams of income would have to. But it's a tool, right? Yeah, it's a tool. And if you're doing it. Yeah. You might as well get some benefit out of it, but I'm not taking time out of my schedule to grow that business. Right. That's my thing. I don't need it. Right. Yeah. So what do I do? I sell houses. Mm -hmm. I have a transaction coordination, small business that I started because I needed a transaction. That's coming to mind now. I remember you doing that. Yeah. So I needed it. So I said, well, if I'm going to create this, I might as well offer it to other agents because she's not at capacity with just mine. Mm -hmm. So I I have that. It's it's not a huge moneymaker, but it gives somebody a great job and income. Yeah. Um, And what else do I do? I I have courses that I sell. So I created a listing course and a buyer's course, and now I'm doing business planning Um, and, and a million different things you know, based on what's working for me and my business. And I can share that with other people so that they can succeed as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wrote a book, but the books don't make money. They don't make money, but there's money, there's money there. Um, Yeah. I I do speaking. Um, Money at speaking for sure. Yeah. But again, like when you count, when you go back and you f- figure out how much hourly you're getting paid for the work, when I'm on stage, it's like $1,500 an hour. But guess what? If I got to go to Arizona, I got to fly there. I got to take time away from my business and my family to get there. If I yeah. add up all the hours that it takes me to get to Arizona and back and what I got paid, it's not very much per hour. Yeah. I mean, I think what's important is figuring out what you want to do. Like, what is your number one thing? So if your number one thing is real estate, you, I am a firm believer that plan B is not a good idea. I'm a firm believer. If, you know, you want to start another thing that you want to do and it's not out of lack, it's not because you don't think you're going to make it in real estate, then okay, cool. If you've already got this machine working really well, right. But if you're going to turn, like, you know, when I decided to turn, so my streams of income are, you know, coaching and, and, uh, my membership and, um, things like that, like different courses and stuff that I do, things like that. All of that is because I had already leverage in place to, put the business and was willing to take a little less to pursue this dream, you know? So that's a totally different situation than, Oh, just create these different streams of income. Because again, like you said, yeah, if you're putting a bunch of time in to send out cards, you have to have one thing up and going. It's the same thing I teach about social media. Don't try to get on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at the same time and kill them all. You're not going to have time to do that. And make you know make the donuts like you gotta you gotta have time so yeah it's the same thing with with multiple streams it's a process to build that up yeah and and you know i think i've been in i've been selling real estate since 2005 Mm -hmm. i've been the breadwinner for my family the whole time 
And it wasn't until 2017, maybe 2016, when I started looking at other businesses. Mm -hmm. So it took me, and maybe it could have taken me less time, but it took me that long to get my business to where I was consistently doing 12 million a year. Mm -hmm. And my part, I knew exactly how much money I needed to bring in. Right. My part of that, I'm, I'm clearing six figures with my listings. Once I got that figured out, I can move on to doing something else because I know that with the time it takes me to make that six figures, mm -hmm. it's not 40 hours. So I can go and spend some of that extra time doing something else. As long as I can keep this going at yeah. this rate, I can do something else too. So what but was the difference? Though? I get it. Why did it take you, like, what, what was the difference? Because I think maybe it was like even a lack of information. I know I didn't hear about leveraging until um, I was in the business for, you know, 14 years, 12 years. I mean, it's a long time. So was it just the fact that, I mean, what do you think was that took you over that edge that went, okay, was it just a matter of getting your business up? Or was it a matter of setting the standards and the leveraging sort of in there to be able to do it? Right. So for me, it was timing and life circumstances all together. Yeah. So I um, started in 2005 and by 2009, I had a buyer's agent. So I was completely giving my buyer stuff away at that point and only focusing on listings. And that was 2009. I had my first child in January of 2011. So I was like adding challenges on top of every couple years to see. So one of my, like you could, you could say my side hustle was being a mom then, right? In 2011, Legit. Yeah. not sleeping, you know, all of that, dealing with children and, and all of that. So each couple years I would add a layer. So in 2016, I became good at being a mom and an entrepreneur, and now I was looking for something else, right? And so two things happened for me when I decided to start the multiple streams. And that was with my course that I started. Um, the first thing was that I got diagnosed with ADD. And not only that, but after creating coping mechanisms for dealing with it for so long, I chose to start taking the medication. And that right there was like me doing this for so long and taking these blinders off and being able to see what I can now see and see opportunities and be able to grow and expand. Okay, yeah. And then not only that, but once I took my blinders off from being like, I have to focus, I have to focus, once I took my blinders off, I started to see people like Amy Porterfield. Mm -hmm. And I started to see people like Gary Vee. And I started to bring in people that told me about bigger, better ideas yeah. that I was not able to see before because I had my blinders on and I was just trying to sell real estate and stay focused and survive and do what I needed to for my family. Yeah. And, and once... Once I gave myself the permission to acknowledge the challenges that I was having mental health wise, and, and then just finally taking the medication that helped me, um, 
I was able to open my mind up to other things and grow and learn and receive and surround myself with the type of people that were like, start a course. You don't have to have it built yet. Just sell it. Then you'll build it, you know, and write a book and all of that. And I would have never been able to do those things had I not discovered my, uh, or, or gotten real with, with my limitations and, and met people. And I'm going to just have to be honest with you. Like EXP to me was truly a logo change. Initially, there was a ton of opportunity there, but what I think when I, when I die at the end of my life, I'm going to say EXP, what it did for me was it exposed me to people I would have never met. And those people have bigger ideas than what I was exposed to locally or at the time. And so now I know people like you and I know, you know, like uh, so many people across the country that expanded my mind and my other streams of income besides real estate, they really could fund my life if I needed them to. Yeah, mine totally do. And, and I love that because, you know, for me too, I remember being at Watson, which is the company here. And I love, I would say I grew up at Watson because that's where I was it's a local company. Um, and I was doing my little business and being a mom and I was fine. And then I ended up leaving and going to Keller Williams, loved Keller Williams. Was like, Oh, this is great. I left Watson. I literally remember I was standing at the podium. I was teaching a technology class and I sat there and thought to myself, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Yes. Like, I cannot grow that way. Like I can't grow and hear other ideas. By then I had already been, even though like I had already been exposed. I mean, in 2008, I had found 2009, somewhere in there, I had found a chick named Kimra. I was already looking at her stuff. I was already working on coming up with a freebie and creating a course, but then it just wasn't the right time. It was like, this is not the right time. I was already here listening to Gary Vee. He was in, he was her business, her business coach. So he was coming in like, I was already in that, but it still, it just wasn't time. So then, but I was using those principles to kind of put them towards real estate. But then when I switched to EXP, and it's one of the things that people don't, I think don't talk about enough, and I agree with you, is that it did expand in a way like, I wouldn't know a lot of the different people that I know now if I was still at Little Watson, which Watson is not even little, it's very big here, but you know, it's just a totally different feel and you really, it's hard to explain until you experience it. It is. Like totally, everybody yeah. probably thinks it's, we're just talking like, yeah, yeah sure it is. You just want to make money off of it. Like, no, it's really not what it is. It really is that it's a game changer in terms of you have to be ready mentally to expand and you can really get ideas and just so much from being able to have more than just the hundred people in your office of which you see 20 of who don't or, yeah. too busy or whatever, you know, it's uh, it was a game changer for me too. When I came over a couple well, years and just ago, to add to that layer a little bit, working with a broker now, 
exp it's it's hard to explain but they encourage you to do things other than real estate they're not upset if you're doing other things right whereas some brokerages they want you to kill it selling real estate. They want you to think of nothing else because they benefit when you sell more real estate, yeah. right? Yep. So when I say to you, I'm only selling 15 houses a year, personally, mm -hmm. they could be, another brokerage might be saying, but you can do 50, do 50. I'm like, no, so true. I don't want to do 50 to yeah. pad your pockets. I want to go and do my 15 and I want to go start another business that I'm the owner of. Right, right. And they are fine with that. They encourage it. They don't stop you from doing it. They don't tell you you shouldn't do it because they're doing it too. <laughs> right, exactly. And like when I left out of Watson and those places, those were people, that was where I really started running my business like a business. Up until then, I feel like I was not... I mean, I had started, but I was not, I, I had only started because I was listening to those things, thinking about my brand. Who am I? Like, I remember creating a bunch of stuff when I was at Watson, but was never encouraged like to have your own email. Don't put, you know, nobody, they wouldn't tell you that because, you know, and then like at Watson, if you left and I'm not bashing Watson, Watson was great. Yeah, yeah. It's great for whoever it fits. It's great. It was great for me for many years. Um, but when you left, you took a commission hit for anything that was already under contract. This is like one of those tactics to keep people in place. So that became yeah. a standard for me, for any company I went to, that couldn't be in play. I had to get all of my commission if I left, um, because then you know you're staying because you want to. But anyway, that's- Because you're not repeating a mistake. Right, instead of just, you know, or I'm not leaving everything on this email because I chose to use a work email instead of yeah. my, my own email. So yeah. yeah, all of that stuff, all the things that you learn. And and that's why like EXP is not for everyone. No, it's, it's not. It's for resourceful people that figure their own stuff out and oh. don't need the handholding and the ego boost, in my right. opinion. The people who don't need to go into a meeting every week. Um, I, I was, well, like, we had to go into the Tuesday meetings every week and I was not even getting any information. We have those meetings here. I'm not saying you can't go to them, but I'm just saying that the level, it's just a different level. Here, here's what I, here's what I see when I talk, it's not about the meetings. It's not about the home office. It's about, I don't need somebody to tell me where to order my signs or somebody to order my signs for me or somebody to tell me how to put my listing in the MLS. I can do that myself. Right. Right. I don't, I like the day I don't need to mind. feel taken care of in that way. I can handle it. And yeah. I can also take all my money myself. <laughs> I can decide what I want to spend my money on and yeah. I can spend my money where it works and not where it doesn't. Like I don't need my broker to spend $2,000 on a billboard. I can take that $2,000 and be way better at returning that investment myself so than if true. they're giving me a billboard. So like when I talk to agents about EXP, they're like, well, do they give you billboards? Do they give you leads? Do they pay for signs? Nope. They that's don't even like, that's not even a thing down here anymore. I've never had a broker pay for a billboard. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. But 
we, I, I don't, we don't even, they, companies down here don't even pay for signs. None of them pay for signs anymore. Like it's um, all, you know, it's just like, it's just different. If you need the handholding, you don't, yeah. you know, whatever, but it's just about, again, it's not for everybody. It's, it's a graduated level of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And a place that allows you to do what you need to do without any hassle so that you can do what you need to do. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I, I wasn't. I know, excited. right? We just went straight all. We went. We went all in on the EXP yeah. train real quick. <laughs> like choo choo, we're taking off. Uh, but it's all good because I feel the same way. And you know, it's one of those things that when something is good, you want to talk about it. When something works for you, I was just thinking about that earlier. Does your husband get this? This is my. Uh, has he found this brand? It's keto and it is the bomb. Just I'll have to check know. it out. It's two grams of carbs. High key is the bomb.com. That brand is like, I was just thinking earlier, I'm like, I want to tell people about that because it's really good. Same way I feel about EXP. I want to tell people about it because it feels, it's great. Um, so, okay, cool. Well, tell people where they can find you and, um, bef well, do that really quick. And then I'm going to ask you my question that I asked. Okay. So if you want to find me to buy or sell real estate, in Cincinnati or give myself or my buyer's agent a referral, then you can find me at amybsells.com. Amybsells, S-E-L-L-S.com. If you want to get my book, it's on Audible, Amazon, Kindle. Mm -hmm. um, my website for coaching, training, and speaking is amyb.com. A-M-Y-B.com. Okay. All the credit goes to my husband on that one. Um, with the what, short, make it or what? He got it way long ago. Oh, he, he got, got it. Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm like, do we have that? So, I bought Zay's. I bought Zay domains for Zay when he was little. Like, I think that's smart. Yeah, shout yeah. out to your husband. Well, my husband has a domain problem. Like, I have a coffee mug problem. I have so. a domain problem. I can relate. I can relate yeah. to the domain. I have so many. It's stupid. Yeah. So, but. if you want to like look at the book, if you want to get um, see what courses are there or talk about training or whatever, just reach me at amyb.com. And truly, like, Facebook's my thing. So, um, Probably not going to accept a friend request, but you can follow and send me a message and all that. All the good things. Um, so really quickly before we go, I ask everybody who comes on, this is a Becoming Unoffendable series on my podcast. So what is one area in your life or whatever that you've become unoffendable and how did it happen? I've been thinking about this question since you told me you were going to ask it. <laughs> and I still don't have an answer because I've been thinking to myself, like, when am I offended? What offends me? Yeah. So that I could decide, you know, how I stop that. But here, I'm not going to answer your question directly. Okay. Here's the answer. I feel like I can only be offended when I, and, and offended, I looked up the word, it means 
hurt or insulted. Right. So I can only feel hurt if I truly have respect for the person that is giving me the feedback. So interesting. So why does, why do they, so those people have the power, the ones that you care about to offend you? Well, I don't think I can be easily offended, period. Right. But so, when, when somebody that I respect and trust gives me feedback, which I consider a criticism mm -hmm. of some kind that could cause offense, I am not offended by it, but I take it very seriously as something that I need to address or look at. Well, let me ask you this way, because I'm going to read to you my She's Unoffendable, like the okay. definition that I have, okay? So She's Unoffendable is being so firmly rooted in who she is energetically that no one or no thing can change her vibe, being able to take opinions but not be drowned by them, powerful woman, abundant in every aspect of her life. So that's just like the overall She's Unoffendable. So when I think of being unoffendable, and I know everybody's going to have their own ideas and terms and the way they come up with it and what it means to them. But for me, being, unoffend being unoffendable is living your life. And I think we're all on track to do this at different levels in different areas of our lives. But living your life um, kind of just unabashedly, like you're just doing you. You're, you're running your business the way you fucking want to. You're yeah. running your marriage the way you fucking want to. You're raising your kids the way you want to, whatever it is, like, and you're hearing the thing. So for instance, for me, I, uh, for me, like when I started homeschooling, actually I was unschooling Zay when I first took him out of school. Everybody was like, you're nuts. Like, he's not going to this. He's not going to that. How's he going to learn? How's he going to this? How's he going to that? And, um, and it's like, I could hear it, but I knew at a deeper level, at a more connected level that I knew what I was doing. And I knew I was doing it from a place of abundance, not a place of lack. So for me, that was like a place that I could be unoffendable. It's like, you could say, I could have my mother tell me that you're going to fuck this up. And I would have been like, no, I won't. Yeah. And that comes with having a plan and knowing, you know, that you've got a plan, you've thought it out. And criticism comes from people that are jealous of you a lot of times or don't really know that you've invested the time and effort to figure it out, right? Like, and so maybe those people that said that's not going to work, they didn't know how long you've researched it and how much well, you considered check it. This out. Check this out though. I'm not a researcher. So I really move so much more off of inspiration, but I agree that what you're talking about my solidness comes from an energetic place. Like, okay, I solidly know you can tell, like you can feel it. And when you start doing this work and you know, cause you've been doing it a while too. And so like, as you start to do this work, you start to get the places where you feel the rightness of where you're going, if that makes sense. And so that I just knew it was right. And I honestly had no idea how it was going to work out. There was very little out there. Most people were making fun of people who did that. Like it was against all the grain. 
to do it. But I had an intuition or an inspiration, well, inspiration that then turned into an intuition that confirmed that what I wanted to do was right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I agree. Like if somebody else can't feel that, then how do they know? But to your point, somebody who was really important to me could have said something and I would have been like, well, that's how you feel, but this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is how, this is what I know. And this is my perception, my reality. This is how I'm going. So I know you have a place in your life that you're like that. What is it? What is the place where Amy B is like, you know what? I'm doing my business or I'm doing my dealing with my kid or whatever it is. And nobody's going to can come up and chop this up because my energy is tight on this one. I feel like that's the way I am. Always. <laughs> You're holding I mean, me. honestly, like when I was 36 years old, which now I'm 44, mm -hmm. there was a day where I was like, I am now going to give myself permission to trust my gut. Mm -hmm. That's you, energetic inspiration. Mm -hmm. To me, that's trust my gut. I am old enough, I'm experienced enough, and I'm going to follow it now. Mm-hmm. I can do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll take that. I mean, and I really don't like, again, I don't take criticism from other people unless I feel like they are the right people to give that to me. Right. Right. So the last time I was super upset, I'll share with you was during the pandemic. And I, I want to say it was like maybe April or something like that. And um, I had just talked to a seller about, is it a good time to sell? Is the market okay? Whatever. And he was like thinking it was doom and gloom, right? So I had a spark. I wanted to tell people the market's good. The market's good. You need a good agent. Get on there, right? So I decided to just turn on the video camera and talk. My hair was pulled back. I had a hot pink pullover jacket on, right? And mm -hmm. I was just speaking because I felt like I had a message and people needed to hear it and it was important. Right. Later that night, I received a message, a private message from another female telling me that I should never go on video without my hair done, without lipstick on, dressed in a pullover, that I looked like I was working out, mm -hmm. that that's the reason why I don't have luxury clients. <laughs> and if I just would clean myself up and put a little bit more effort into that, I would have a better business. Oh, <laughs> people are crazy. That's good though. That's a sign of a hater. I'm all about that. And I'm thinking you're another woman and you're saying this to me, like you should never. But think of how she feels. That's her standard. She I know threw up her standard on you, which. Right. And you know what I said to her? I said, you know what? I'm unapologetically authentic. Mm -hmm. And I believe in attracting the kind of people that I am. I think that luxury clients are a pain in the ass. So I don't really want to attract them. Right. And this is me and this is how I'm going to be. And if you don't like it, you don't have to be friends with me and you don't have to do business with me. But my business- and Not only that, plenty of luxury clients are not gonna give a crap about that. Like, 
doesn't matter. They I didn't care not. for her comments and they didn't like at first I was like, holy shit, did I look terrible? Like what's going on? But everybody knows me as that's me. That's me. I'm a yeah. real person. And, and then I like realized I feel sorry for her if she thinks that her mm -hmm. success is tied to wearing lipstick and putting on heels and getting dressed like that's her level right. of success. Her, and that her. is not mine. And I don't take advice from somebody that isn't aligned with me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, no, that was just, I don't know if she does a lot of videos. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she wants she doesn't to do any videos. She's also not really successful. So Right. And that's the thing. Like, I remember when, like, I first did my very first video and it was a video that ended up blowing up. And one of the first people who commented on it said how horrible I looked, that she couldn't believe that I was disgusting. The fact that I looked pretty much like this. And she was like, it's disgusting. And despicable. the fact that you would be on here with no makeup on and I'm like, thank you for thinking I'm naturally beautiful because <laughs> I do have makeup on. So guess what? Um, she was like, you haven't even done your hair. And she just went off on me. And what was crazy is that I didn't even respond to her. This was actually on a comment under my video. Oh, but like three people responded to her and I ended up selling one of the girls who responded like, Hey, she's trying to give us good information. I ended up selling her mom a house. Cause I connected and said, thank you. That was so nice. And she was like, yeah. And then it ended up turning into business. So I was like, thanks hater. But yeah, yeah I just got so, like, at first I was upset about it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why, why am I letting this person affect the way that I feel and what I do? I'm not going to change what I'm doing because person thinks so. Now, if it were my business coach saying, Amy, you've got to um, fix your hair before you go on. <laughs> Brush might, your hair, damn it, Amy. <laughs> but I might consider that coming from well, that Considering person. it and being offended are two different things. Considering it, in other words, like, you know, you can take somebody's opinion and they go, oh, I think I, they think I should do my hair. Hmm, let me think about it. Maybe I will. That doesn't mean that you never veer or that you don't take opinions. To me, it is way more powerful to be able to take opinions. And then at the same time, if they don't fit, you just go, they don't fit. So it's like, but I'm yeah. not drowning in the need for you to approve of me. And I'm not drowning in the need of, you know, I'm not drowning by the opinions, the negative opinions of others. I know I'm following my bliss. I'm following my yeah. intuition, my gut, whatever you want to call it. So sounds like you're already there girl like and and I think that a lot of us are on certain levels and it's one of those things that you even I will notice things and go oh this is happening like that insight that um, self-reflection is so damn important to like really see like oh that's going on over there I didn't even know that I was doing that over there so it's kind of kind of that kind of thing but for you it was just a decision like boop I'm going to make this decision. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start trusting myself. And then you just build it up that way. Yep. Yeah. Well, 
I appreciate you coming on. This has been so much fun. We totally went over time, uh, but it's all good. People are going to have a nice long podcast, long yes. YouTube to see and hear. And um, definitely go check out Amy B. She's amazing. And um, yeah, we will see you next time. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye.